Hey, welcome to Fast Forward Your Entrepreneur Journey with me, Abby Yong. Every week, we share with you how you are able to reach your next level, impact your life and for others, and break out of your comfort zone, and scale your business to fast forward in your entrepreneur journey. Stay tuned. Hey, fast forwarder. So today we have a guest. So his name is Matt Emerson. He's the CEO of Jersey Company, a group of health, wellness and beauty companies that delivers products and services to over 120,000 lawyers, customers in the UK and Europe. The group includes the e-commerce business Jersey Beauty Company, which went online in 2006. And since then, they have achieved global sales of 75 million. That's over like 70, you know, sorry, 7 million products shipped. Welcome, Max. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks, Abby. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you here uh, on Fast Order, Fast Order, your Entrepreneur Journey podcast show. So maybe you would you like to do a little introduction about yourself? Uh, sure, sure. I think you've pretty much said it all, though, to be fair, Abby. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I've been around e-commerce since 2002. Um, I started my own business back in, well, back in 1998, I think I started my first company, uh, which I ran as a side hustle. And then in 2002, I ventured into the world of digital. Uh, and here I've kind of remained ever since. I now have either bought, sold or run uh, over the years, around 19 to 20 online businesses. And um, yeah, we get ship products all over the world from our distribution centre here in the UK. And it's it's great fun. I, I live in Liverpool. Um, I'm married. I have been married for 22 years this year, which is remarkable that my wife has, you know, uh, stuck with me all this time. She's a remarkable lady. Uh, and uh, yeah, three fantastic kids and just kind of love life, really. Wow. Okay. Congrats on your marriage, like 22 Thank years you. is. Yeah, so I think like partners, the one behind you are very important is because like uh, when you are down and they are there to just pull you up again, like the support is really great. So yeah. I can imagine how your business stayed off so well is because of the support behind you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Behind behind every uh, every great man is an even fantastic woman. So uh, fantastic, even if that's such a word. But no, my, my wife is remarkable and you're right. I think uh, I would not be here without her, that's for sure. And she... Um, is is a great support and uh, a great ear. You know, she listens to all my complaining (laughs) (laughs) and uh, she listens to all my crazy ideas and she does it with grace uh, and deep challenge as well. You know, she can, she can definitely ask me awkward questions, which is quite nice. Um, But no, she's brilliant. Uh, Very, very beautiful lady. Oh yes, they can like, you have this idea and you tell them and they can say, what, what happened if this happened? What would you do? So you're like, oh yeah. yeah, I didn't think of it. So you you like put it into like how to solve it and all. Yeah, so- absolutely. Yeah, she's great at that. She um, she's my, the the voice of my values. You know, uh, it, it's easy I think sometimes when you run a business to get caught up in the next deal or the, do you know what I mean, the next big thing or what happens here. But Sharon, the question she always asks me, you know, what about people? Um, is this right? What are the values here? You know what? And, and so she'll ask you those softer questions, which you don't always ask yourself, you know, and it's, it's quite nice. Yes. And you first started your business company in 2002 
Oh my mm-hmm. god. I, I can't I cannot remember what I did in 2002. So, because <laughs> <laughs> I only started like knowing about online businesses, e-commerce back in like 2019. Okay. Like, I really like go and learn into it, like get into it mm-hmm. and see like explore more options. Uh. So, I cannot imagine you really start since like 2002. So, how has in like I know like 2002 is like quite new for mm-hmm. e-commerce and you know? all. So um, what are the obstacles that you face along the way that maybe you can share? I think people do face the same obstacle as last time till now. So you start your first company, online digital company in back in 2002. So what are the obstacles that you faced back then and how did you overcome it? Oh, wow. That's a fantastic question. Um. I think the obstacles you faced in 2002, in some respects, are the same as the obstacles you face now. Um, But I I just think the outworking was very different. So you still had to find a product that people wanted to buy. You still had to um, build the website. You still had to uh, find a way to get traffic to come to that website. They still needed to be able to connect with you. And the same problems you have now with any online business. I think back then, um, computers was very different. <laughs> the way you, the way the internet worked was very different. I mean, the this was back in the day when you had um, you had dial-up modems, you know, and you and you logged on for like 10, 15 minutes, and and you logged off again, and uh, you had speeds of fifty-six k or whatever the speed of the modem was. So I think internet speed was a big deal back then. Um, you couldn't upload large images. Um, the the design of the websites was extremely basic, you know, and um, uh, they they no one had heard of concepts like you know engagement or conversion rate optimization or those kind oh, yes. of things back then. It was very very different uh, different language, um, and so uh, I think like every entrepreneur. Uh, has to at some point in your journey you kind of have to look at the obstacles and go what is the best way for me to deal with this um, with the resources that I have at my disposal so it was you could always sit there and think well if I got a bigger computer or a faster computer or a better internet connection um, it just was it was never really possible so the way we dealt with them was we just looked at the limitations that we had and we just figured out a solution that was in front of us you know um, and we, a lot of it was trial and error. A lot of it was experimentation, just having a go, seeing what happens uh, and changing, you know, the path as a result of, of what happened. So, um, yeah, I, I, and I think back in 2002, we were a lot younger. <laughs> so uh, I had a lot more capacity, I think, back in 2002. You know, it was, um, it was a different place to be, that's for sure. Um, more energy, more, uh, how to say, like, more attitude. Like more, how is it? Like more fire up to try new things. <laughs> Taking yeah, I think yeah, I think um, I think as you get older, experience helps. And so back in two thousand and two, um, I was in my late twenties, um, and so you know, no, and in your late twenties, you you don't really know a whole great deal. You know a bit more than you did when you were a teenager, but not not an awful lot. You're just kind of starting out in life a little bit. We were newly married. We just had our first child. And um, and so I think what the difference between me then and me now is just is this life experience. You know, um, I think uh, I think definitely I, I probably had more energy then, although I'm fitter now than I was back in my 
uh, late twenties. I've, I've sort of late caught on to the fitness thing. Um, but I, I definitely had more energy. I don't know about passion or fire though. I still, I still have that. I think I still have that, that desire and that drive. I just think it's a little bit more, um, a little bit more measured maybe, or a little bit more sort of, you know, just covered in life experience a little bit. Okay. That's great. So what is that one marketing strategy that you used back then and now is still working for you for e-commerce? I know e-commerce <laughs> is really, really hard if you just started and you're not sh- you have limited uh, knowledge about marketing, how to market yeah. it, you know, how to bring traffic to your store. You know, there's so many things like logo, branding, how to brand your brand. I know there's mm-hmm. so many things like to learn. And just like it's like just like a normal business, right? Like how you mm-hmm. build a business from scratch to up. So what is that one strategy that you used back then is and you are still using it now? Sure. That's a very good question. Um I think if I'm the first answer that comes to my mind, right? Uh, because obviously this is not scripted, but I, I think the first answer that comes to my mind is going to be um let, let me call it. Uh, having your authentic voice. Okay. So we realized very early on in the early stages of e-commerce that you could just cut and paste information onto the website, you know? So if you were selling, um, let me just pick up something off my desk here. So I've got my phone, right? So if I'm selling the phone, um, I can get the text on this phone from my manufacturer um, and I can uh, paste that information on the website. But then that's what everybody else does. Okay. So it's just the same text on the website. It's the same text as everybody else's website. So one of the things that we did back then that we still do now is we, we write our own copy. We, we, we don't write, uh, we don't cut, uh, cut and paste a lot of the descriptions. We try and add to them. We try and expand on them. We try and put our own authentic voice to them. Uh, because that makes me different from every other website. I may sell the same product at the same price. I may ship it with the same courier. Um, so how do I differentiate myself? I differentiate myself with my voice. And so we would talk about things that no one else would really talk about with that product. Um, we would have a bit of fun with it. Um, we still do. Um, we would do videos. We still do. All of those kind of things to try and inject a little bit more what's that phrase? A little bit more je ne sais quoi, uh, as the French would say, a little bit more of that into the um, into the product descriptions, a bit more of that kind of authentic voice. And that's one thing that I would say we've done consistently for 20 years, which is I think is has really helped us. It's one of the key things. Yeah. Well, I think this is a very good marketing strategy that people always miss out on. They always want to learn like the theory, the theory, how to make it work. But they forget about just being yourself is also like personal branding. And it's also uh, marketing. Like you make your products come alive just by using your voice and your authentic uh, being you to make it real. And people, if people resonate with you and your energy, people will just like be into it to buy your products, mm-hmm. which you are able to send out from all the, maybe it's the same product, but because of you, they buy it from you. Yeah, I exactly. Think people always exactly. miss this out. Um, they keep like looking for more answers, more secret sauce into their business. But this is like a big deal. I feel like- it is a massive deal because it's what separates you from everybody else. So in the UK, for example, you've got sites like Amazon, 
Okay. Mm. And Amazon accounts for, let's say, 30, 40, 50% of all e-commerce transactions in the UK. Okay. And you go to Amazon and you read the product copy and they have a very specific formula on their product copy. Okay. So if I'm selling exactly the same product as Amazon at exactly the same price, I'm not going to win because one, Amazon's more convenient and two, they, they kind of do different product copies. So I, the, what, I'm got, what I've got to do is convince the customer that actually to deal with me as an individual is better than to deal with Amazon. And one of the key ways that you do that is through product copy, you know, what you write about that product. And if you know about that product, if you're a fan of that product, that passion, that enthusiasm will come out and it will come through in the product copy. And uh, as a result, it will read much better and your conversion rate will go up. So you're right. I think it's one of the, the basic fundamentals of marketing, but it is so misunderstood and people just don't do it. And they'll just copy and paste from their, you know, their suppliers on the, on the rather dull and boring, bland, <laughs> beige kind of descriptions, you know. Oh, yes. So how you get into like the health, wellness and beauty niche, like for your yeah, by accident oh. <laughs> is the answer. It was just totally by accident. A friend of mine um, who is now my business partner and um, he owned uh, a health club and he was like, let's get, you know, let's sell something online. And so what do we sell? And we just looked around the health club and literally on the shelves of his health club were some skincare products, which because he had some uh, treatment rooms in his health club, like many health clubs do. And he had a few treatment rooms. They did a few beauty treatments. And so they sold a couple of skincare brands. One was Dermalogica, one was Gino, uh, which is a French skincare brand. And he's like, well, let's just sell those. And we were like, okay, let's see what happens. You know, it was, it was not planned. It was completely by accident. Um, and that was in 2006. We, we, we made that decision. And um, yeah, really remarkable, remarkable story. Actually, we, we, um, in 2006, we launched in August 2006, and we thought if, if we could sell um, from August 2006 to the end of 2006, so those four months, our goal was to sell £10,000 worth of products, okay? So about 10 grand's worth of products. By the end of that year, we didn't actually reach that target of £10,000. We'd, 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 we surpassed it, really, um, we sold £400,000 worth of products. Wow. So that was 40 times more than what we thought we were going to, uh, which is about half a million US dollars at the moment. Uh, and we did that in four months. And it was just, it just went crazy overnight. It was, it was incredible um, how it captured people's imagination straight away. Uh, and so how did we get into beauty? totally by accident <laughs> uh, but I'm really glad that we did it was it was a fundamental success from day one. Oh my god I'm so glad that you guys take the idea into like action and make it come true like usually people always have a lot of ideas like oh let's do this oh let's do that mm -hmm. but they didn't really uh, pull through they didn't mm -hmm. really plan out like okay let's see what we can do, let's do this mm -hmm. first, do that first, you know, like people always want everything planned out before they start doing it. So actually, you only see the true picture, the clear picture when you're on it itself, like mm -hmm. when you are doing it and building it along the way, then you will start to see, oh, actually, you start to see the puzzle become um, real, like what I say, um, 
to do something, to build something, you have to first take action. Take action means like it's like facing a puzzle, like 1,000 pieces of puzzle. If you just visualizing it to complete the puzzle, it will never happen. But if you just take the first piece, second piece, and just fix it along the way, it, you will start to see the, the full picture. So, I mean, like your idea and your friend's idea is like, wow. It can be just an idea or a story, but you guys make it into real like real yeah that's exactly right that's exactly right and i think it's what you described there is a very entrepreneurial way of thinking um the desire just to get going get started and we can you know we can change as we go along or we can fashionable words at the moment like we can iterate or we can pivot you know it means we just need to go somewhere and then we can change direction as we go along and start to understand things um, I was always told it was easier to turn a car that was moving than one that was stationary. And so, you know, that's the philosophy you're talking about, isn't it? Just start moving and see what happens uh, and just try different things because you, you just never know. Have a go. Um, and, I, and I like that spirit of innovation, that spirit of um, pioneering, you know, of going into uncharted territories just because you can. You don't need to have everything planned and mapped out. Um, but that I think is a very is very entrepreneurial thinking. Yeah, to come a long way since two thousand two, two thousand six until now is that's a huge um, <clears throat> sorry huge passion that you guys have. Mm. Like people usually give up, like trying for one year and they give up. So <laughs> I think you guys have huge passion for health and wellness and beauty treatment. It's so cool. So maybe let's talk about like. Um, when you are building it at, in 2006, what are the different hiccups or obstacles that you face? And did you, like, you guys almost give up building it? Yeah, one of the key problems that we had um, was the suppliers. And so, um, and this is, this, is, uh, this is quite an extraordinary thing because... Normally, when you're selling a lot of products, your suppliers are really happy um, and they give you bigger discounts. Um, but our suppliers, they, they didn't like the fact that we were selling on the internet, but they couldn't stop us selling online. So what they did was they said, basically, the more you sell, the more you have to pay for the product. And it was a very odd turn of events. So... Um, one supply that we had, for example, we, we sold in one year probably about four or five million pounds worth of their product. So um, that's what, about six or seven million US dollars, right? So we, we were selling a lot of their product. The next year, they wanted to change the pricing policy. So they changed their pricing. So the more we bought, the more we, uh, the more we paid, which meant the following year we sold maybe two million pounds worth of their products. They'd lost a, almost half their sales sort of overnight um, because of that pricing policy, which doesn't make any sense. But um, suppliers have their own sets of rules, right? And what it did do was it meant that maybe there wasn't as deep a discounting on the internet. It was kind of a way of maybe um, getting the prices to where they wanted them to be without legally, illegally, sorry, should I say price fixing. Um, but also, I think suppliers, ultimately, their goal is not to make me rich. Their goal is to make themselves rich. Mm. Understand? So, um, so what I mean by that is the supplier has a very definite um, 
the, the supplier that I'm thinking of has a very definite strategy, which says, I don't want somebody on the internet to buy from Matt's website. I want them to now buy from my website. So, you know, all these guys have built the market for us online. We're now going to go what they call direct to consumer. And so supplier relationships and one of those things which are not often talked about in e-commerce, um, but actually are probably one of the most crucial things because um, almost twice in my career doing e-commerce, um, you know, the business, one of the, the business has almost gone bankrupt or has almost ended because of the way suppliers change their rules going forward. Um, and so this has been one of those hard lessons to learn from me that actually, if you're selling other people's products, you have to really be careful of what that means for your business. Um, if you're becoming too heavy and reliant on one supplier, what happens if the nature of that relationship changes? And so we, I, I, if, you'd have, if you'd have asked me that question, I would have said to you, we've got a great relationship. There's no way it's going to change. Don't be silly. But of course, you know, that was back then. Now, in hindsight, I can go, well, of course, they're going to change the relationship. Um, I understand the nature of that. You know, fundamentally, they are looking to build their own business. They're not looking to build mine. And so, and so that would be one of the key things that I would say that I found that actually suppliers can make or break your business in a major way. Uh, and engaging with your suppliers and understanding the relationship with your suppliers um, is so, so crucial. Oh, wow. This is like something that nobody talked about, but I heard before, like building relationship like, uh, with your supplier, like telling them your terms and condition and they telling you their terms and condition and see how to work things out together mm -hmm. and see like it's a win-win situation for both of you. So, yeah. So this is a good one. So, uh, so that's why you were saying that to overcome it, you, sorry, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So you were saying that to overcome it, you can't just rely on one supplier. You need to find source for a few more of the same products and work with them in case this supplier, like. Yeah, I think there's a there's a phrase we have which says don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, or if you do put all your eggs in one basket, watch that basket very very carefully, right, uh, and protect it. And so I would say if you are running a business which is reliant just on one key supplier, um, you need to be aware that there are inherent dangers with that, mainly if they change the terms of trading. Um, now, for example, let's say you uh, build an e-commerce business, but you don't build it on your website. You build it on, say, Amazon or eBay. You know, you build it on somebody else's platform. Uh, well, then in effect, they become a supplier. They're like supplying you an e-commerce platform. They're supplying customers to you. And then you pay them a commission to sell your products. Uh, and there's a lot of people who have built very successful businesses using that model. But of course, as soon as Amazon or eBay change their terms and conditions, because they're not interested in building your business, they're interested in building their business. As soon as they change those terms and conditions, and you're out, okay, and you've not got a business. So if you're relying on one supplier, whether it's products you're selling on your own website or whether you're using a supplier like Amazon or eBay, if you're heavily reliant on those, um, I would just be a little bit nervous and ask myself a question, what would happen to my business if this supplier stopped? Um, 
trading or if this supply changes their terms and conditions what would happen or if amazon you know kicks me off for whatever reason and finds another supplier to sell their products what's going to happen and just understanding the risk associated with just being so reliant on one or two people or one or two companies is actually really crucial and if you're willing to take that risk then you know fair play have a go um, I think I would say that over the years, that's probably one of the things that I've learned is, um, you know, it's good when it's good, but if it's bad, it can really, really affect you. So so spreading out your portfolio um, of suppliers and building other things around it, um, I think makes an awful lot of sense uh, to mitigate that risk. Okay, that's good. Okay, I think like when people start their e-commerce business, there's one big problem, like they do not know which product to sell. Mm -hmm. So I know you are a mentor and a coach on e-commerce, teaching people to build their own um, business using Mm e-commerce also. And you also have a platform that they can set up their store at. Am I right? I I went to take a look this now. Like it's a... you can set up your store through you guys, that like you guys help yeah, them yeah. to yeah, build. Yeah, can help, yep. Yeah. So, do, do you guys also source the product for them? Like, which product to put at their store? Or no? No, because I think when it comes to finding an e-commerce product or a product to sell online, um, there, are two, there are two things you need to have to sell a product well. Okay, Um, and I always say this to people, you know, when when they come through the master class, the course or the, you know, whatever it is that we're doing. um, The the question you've got to ask yourself is, number one, how much do I know about this product? What's my product knowledge? And number two, what's the demand like of this product? Okay, so let's take, for example, um, a product which may be in, uh, well, a product that used to be in high demand were the fidget spinners, you know, the things that you yeah. sort of play with in your hands. Okay. So that's a high demand product. Now, would I sell that because it's high demand? Well, the answer is not necessarily because I don't know a lot about the fidget spinner. I don't have that knowledge. Could I get that knowledge? Well, absolutely, because I can't imagine that a fidget spinner is that difficult to learn about, right? So, um, of course, I wouldn't sell them now because that I may know a lot about them, but the demand is gone. They're not high demand products mm. anymore. Every successful e-commerce business is built, I think, around this hypothesis, which says I have a high demand product, but I know a lot about that product. I have a high knowledge um, factor of that product. And I think that's so important. So if you take... Um, the classic one, uh, people come to me a lot and say, listen, my e-commerce website is not working. Um, my, my e-commerce business is failing. What do I do? And we're like, the first thing I always do is look at the products that they're selling, right? Okay, show me the products that you're selling. And what a lot of people did um, a few years ago, it was a very fashionable thing to do. You would um, go to Shopify. You would set up your Shopify website. And Shopify is a great platform. Um, and you would go to Shopify, you would set up your website, and then you would just go to AliExpress, okay? Mm. And you would go, right, I'm going to sell, I don't know, sunglasses, because sunglasses on AliExpress are like $2 a unit, and I can sell them for $20 a unit. That's a good markup. And the $2 includes postage, and they're going to post those from China, so I don't even have to carry stock, right? And that's worldwide shipping. Mm. Okay, awesome. So, um But let's just examine that as a philosophy, right? So you're selling sunglasses. So back to my questions. Question number one, 
how much do you know about the sunglasses that you're selling? Well, other than the price, nothing, not a whole great deal. It's not something that you're passionate about. It's not something that you know a great deal about. Back to my statement earlier about you know, the one marketing tool that I've carried over since 2002, having that authentic voice. Well, I've got to know about stuff to have that passion. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to display enthusiasm about the products that I'm selling. And so how can I do that if I just go and choose a random product off um, AliExpress? I can't write authentically about it because I don't know about it. So I've, I've broken rule number one. And rule number two, which says, is there a high demand? Well, if I'm honest with you now in England, it's cold, it's gray and it's wet. Nobody's buying sunglasses right now, right? So we're in lockdown, no one's going anywhere. So sunglasses are definitely not gonna be in high demand. So it, 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 it's sort of both rules are broken. Does that make sense? Mm. So when it comes to product choice, we don't have products to sell to people um, because I could give you a product that's high demand, but do you know about that product, right? I, I don't know what you do or don't know about those kind of products. So you have to do the research. You have to think about stuff that you know about and is there a high demand for that product, yes or no? Well, then if there is, there's a really strong chance that you could build a successful e-commerce business around it. But I'd venture to say that 99% of e-commerce businesses that fail, fail because the products, the 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 person running the business doesn't know about the products and they're not high demand. 99% of the time, that's that's always the problem. Mm, yes, so true. Because uh, I went to a few masterclass or I even bought courses for e-commerce, Shopify, you know, Alif, uh, dropshipping, that kind of thing. Mm. So they will say, okay, how to choose the high demand product, like how to search for it. And there's a software for it also to find out which one is the high demand products that are selling well, you know, that kind of thing. Then mm. but they didn't tell you, tell you things that what you say just now uh, being you how you write your copy and also like you know there's so many things that you need to research on it's not that mm-hmm. easy if you have no passion or knowledge on it yeah it's quite hard to really push on so I think like I think it's a good point that you, sh- you bring it out so people mm-hmm. like no don't just jump into something but first we res- do your research first and yeah do your research and just because there's high demand for it doesn't mean you should sell it you know so for some people that works really well for me and my business model that's not right um i have to i have to be able to know about it and learn about it and believe in it right and understand it and have that kind of integrity integrity and that authentic voice behind it otherwise it's just why why bother because when it gets difficult when it gets hard you're not going to have the determination you're not going to have the passion or the fortitude or the grit or whatever language you want to use you know whatever words it's just not going to be there when the going gets tough that's it you're out you've had enough and um you've you've got to have that passion you've got to have that belief about what you're selling you know Yes, so true. So uh, one question is like, do you have like a mentor or a coach that you look up to for your e-commerce business? Or you uh, just yeah, I, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting question. Um, I have, I was talking about this just a few hours ago, actually. Um, I have a business coach. I do have a business coach. They don't know a whole great deal about e-commerce. I'm not going to lie. They just know about business and they're, 
they're older than me and they're much wiser than me. <laughs> I just, you know, very, is an amazing guy. I love the bones of him. And um, he's, he's a sort of life business mentor, coach, friend, you know, kind of a guy. He's, he's awesome. Um, and then the other thing that we do is we make sure that the teams we hire, so we have non-exec directors on our board and the team that we hire, we make sure that they are really clever or uh, clever is the wrong word. We make sure that those people are the right people for that job, you know, and that they know a lot about it. I used to do a lot of website programming. I do very little website programming now, but the guys that do do the website programming know a, an awful lot more about it than me. And they're definitely, you know, a lot more skilled in it than I am. And the same with graphic design, you know, the guys that do the graphics and the video editing, great, great guys. And so, um, you just want to make sure that um, you do have your business coach, you do have your, you know, your mentors, um, and that's been very important to me. But you also need to surround yourself with people who are actually really good at the job um, and not be insecure that they maybe know a little bit more than you. And I think if you can bridge those two things, you'll do very, very well with your team. Well, I think... I think you have shared a lot of golden nuggets. So uh, when you first started building your business, do you have like a company vision or mission that you hold on to, like to bring values to your, um, I mean, customers? Like, Yes, yeah, so that's another great question. One of the things that I learned very early on when starting a business was having a vision is helpful, mm. um, but it's not essential. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, it was a, there's a lot of talk a few years ago about you've got to have a vision, you've got to have your mission statement, and you, you need to know where you're going and have clear goals, you know, your big, hairy, audacious goals and all that sort of thing. And I think sometimes we can get so bogged down in that that we don't actually start anything. You know, coming back to your earlier point, Abby, about sometimes you've just got to start, right? Mm. And so... I think that sometimes vision creates paralysis in people in the sense it stops them moving because they feel like, oh, I've not got a compelling vision yet. Um, and it doesn't always have to be you want to change the world. You know, that was always supposed to be my vision, wasn't it? I want to sell beauty products to ch change the world. And you're like, okay, how, how is that even going to work? I don't know. Um, maybe the vision is just simply I want to be able to make enough money to feed my family this month. You know, uh, maybe that's the goal. But I think more important than vision is values. Okay, so, um, and I've done this in a lot of companies that I've gone into, I've consulted for, or if there are companies that are struggling that have pulled me in, I don't really care in the first instance too much about the vision as much as I care about the values. And, and again, understanding that is so, so important. You know, what makes you tick? What are the values? How can this company be authentic to you? Um, you know, there's no point, for example, in me selling uh, uh, beauty creams on one hand, if I know that they're manufactured in the third world and child slavery is, is, is in that manufacturing process, right? Because why would that, that goes against one of my key values. So um, understanding my values really helps me to make decisions. I remember um, when we first started out in the world of digital, as I said, this was back in 2002, I didn't have any money 
Um, I, I literally had no money. I had, a, I had debt is what I had. <laughs> I had no money. Um, our first child had just been born. And so weighing, and my wife therefore wasn't working because we just had our first child. So I was the sole breadwinner for our family. And even then I really wasn't making enough to buy a loaf of bread, you know, and I was, I was, I was really nervous about it at the time. Uh, and I remember very, very clearly at that point, somebody came to me and asked me to write a website for them. And I was like, oh my goodness. Thank God, you know, finally, we've got a We've got a project. We've got some work and maybe I can afford to pay the mortgage. But when I when I started talking to the man who wanted me to make him a website, it turned out he wanted me to make him a site that um, displayed pornography. OK, well, pornography, uh, porn for me personally goes against my key values. I have real issues with this as an industry. And so um, I appreciate that's a personal thing, but that's just me. And so understanding that and understanding my values at the time helped me make much more clear business decisions than my vision ever would. So if my vision was to be a, the biggest web company in Northwest England, well, maybe I would have taken the job. But because I understood that my values were actually, no, this, these are my values here, um, I, 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 I turned that work down. And I'm glad I did because 20 years later, here I am, right? Mm. Um, so and it turned out to be the right decision. So I think values always trump vision, if that makes sense. So be really clear on your personal values, what you will and what you won't do. Um, and as a result of that, it helps you shape a lot of what your company will become. And spending the time there is super important. Oh, yes. I did write down like my values because I read a book. They said he has a whole list of values and in like for personal life or financial mm -hmm. or, you know, like personal development book. Lah. So they say, OK, choose at least choose as many values as you want. Then later niche down to five key values mm -hmm. of your like you as a person. So I yeah. think I understand what you mean. Like it's like very important. Like what, what are your values in life? So you mm -hmm. build based on that. That's the base, the foundation of your business. Then after that, you start adding in things along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we always should have a base, a, a very strong foundation. Then we start stacking more things on top of it. If mm -hmm. you do not, like, it's like same as mindset. Mindset play a big part on personal development and also in life, in whatever decision that you make. So maybe you want to share about anything about mindset? Like, because I think entrepreneur, they they really need to have a very strong um, mindset or, you know, routine, morning routine that you do. Maybe you want to give mm -hmm. some tips. Yeah. Yeah. I think mindset is very, very important. Um, I think, you know, traditionally entrepreneurs have been labeled with this mindset that they just, they're go-getters and they, they, you know, they grind and they work hard and we use words like hustle and stuff, which I think is important. I do think is important. Um, but I, I don't think I don't think it's the it's that at the expense of everything else, you know, and I think a, a, a good mindset for an entrepreneur is to have a balanced mindset across what I think are the five key areas of life. OK, so you have I, for, I call them the five uh, key areas of health. OK, mm. so um, my physical health. So my you know, am I getting rest? Am I getting sleep? Am I working out? Um, 
my relationship health, so the relationship I have with my spouse, with my kids, with my family, with my friends. How's that doing? Is that doing well? Um, so I have what I call soul health. So that's all about my mind, my will, my emotions. How, how are we doing there? I have uh, my economic health. So how's, how's, how's money, you know, how, yeah. how's my giving? Uh, what kind of philanthropy am I doing? I mean, that's, that's always quite an important question. Um, and then finally, I have spiritual health, you know, yeah. how's, how's my spiritual health doing? And obviously that's going to be different for different people, but I think labeling that and understanding that's really important. So when it comes to me, to mindset, when it comes to the entrepreneurial mindset, um, it's the same mindset as being, I want to be great at work. I want to be a great boss. I want to be a great entrepreneur, but I want to be a great dad. And I want to be really good at being a husband. And it was really important to me to make sure that it, my mental health is strong and my emotional well-being is strong and that my uh, physical well-being is strong and that I, I work out and I make space for that. And so I think a healthy mindset is understanding that life is more than just one particular thing and you have to understand it in this, this whole spectrum um, and, and, and work hard in each of those areas. And sure, you go through different seasons, which mean sometimes you won't work out as much or some, you know, if you're young and single, you don't really have to worry about the relationship with your kids just yet, you know. Um, but it's, it's kind of understanding the season that I'm in and just and, and understanding that actually a lot of, a lot of life comes down to how you think about life. Um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of things that happen come down to how you think about those things. Um, and so I, I would say mindset is key. I think the battlefield, to quote a book by a lady called Joyce Meyer, the battlefield is in the mind. Um, I think that's where our personal battles rage. You know, what we think about ourselves, what our identity is tied into, you know, where's our self-esteem, where's our self-worth come from? Um, you know, do I deserve this? Do I not deserve this? You know, where do I belong? Where's, what do I fit into? All of those questions bombard our thinking all of the time. And so for me, if, I'm, if, if my relationship health is good, then and I, I've got something good going on there, then the impact on my economic health, my work life is very, very good, right? If I'm, if, if I'm arguing with my wife all of the time, <laughs> guess what? I'm going to be really bad as a boss. I'm going to be really bad as an entrepreneur. It's going to impact me. And so understanding that connectedness and, being, and having healthy mindsets in each of those areas, I think has probably taken me a good 10 or 15 years to figure out. But um, I'm... I'm I'm, I'm glad that I've invested the time there. Yes, it's so important. So thank you so much for all the tips and advice and also like any last advice or tips for people who want to start their e-commerce business? Sure. I think if you want to start an online business, um, I'll go back to a, a point I mentioned earlier. It always, always starts with product. Do you have a product that you can know about, that you can write about, that you can talk about with passion? Um, and also, is that a product that is in high demand? Yeah. Um, and then you could follow that on with something else we talked about, which is suppliers. Can you find somebody who is willing to supply you that product in a way that works for you and your business? Yes or no. For example, if I take, you know, if I go back to the phone, I know a lot about the iPhone, right? I'm a big fan of the iPhone. The iPhone is 
is, is great for me. Um, it's a high demand product, but I'm going to fail at the third part, which says, well, Apple aren't going to supply me these iPhones to sell. They're not going to let me sell them because they're selling them. Yeah, okay, well, I'll, I need to move on. Um, but maybe I could sell something around the iPhone. Maybe I could sell uh, phone cases or maybe I could sell like a course on how to get everything you need out of the iPhone. Or maybe I could do a course on how to run an e-commerce business from your iPhone. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's different ways around uh, the supplier problem. But it always fundamentally starts with product. Have you got something that people are willing to pay money for and that you can talk really, really well about? And if the answer is yes, then you're on to a winner. So I'm much better off going, well, I can't sell the iPhone, but I can find something about the iPhone that I could sell because I know about it. It's high demand and I'm, I've got, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that versus, um, you know, me trying to sell garden plants because I, I, I just I don't know anything about garden plants. I don't know about the demand. I don't want to learn about garden plants. I don't. It's not that I don't care about them. It's just that I just I don't I've not got the capacity to learn about them. Um, and it may be that, you know, they're so much in demand that it would be insane for me not to do garden plants online. I would still go the iPhone route every day and find something around the iPhone just because I know about it. And so if you're wanting to start an e-commerce business, everything starts with product. The, in fact, the product determines how you build your website. And that's something else people miss. So once you know what it is that you're going to sell online, that determines how you build the website. It determines what it looks like. It determines what the colors are. It determines all kinds of things, right? But until you understand that product, don't think about building the website. Don't do what everybody else did, which is go to Shopify, find a website template that you think looks really nice, buy it, build it, go find some random products and shove those online. It's just not going to work for you. You know, 99 times out of 100, it just doesn't work. So um, my, my, my advice would be do it the other way around. Find the product, then build the website around the product. Wow. Okay, that's good. So, you, do you want to share about the masterclass that uh, I think I will share the link in the description of the podcast also? You want to share more about it so people can yeah, sure. click on it? More than, yeah, more than happy to share about the masterclass. So, we have something called the e-commerce masterclass. Um, it's, a, it's a course that we continually put out. We continually revise the course. And it basically takes you through the six stages that I think you have to go through to build an e-commerce business, right? There are six key steps that you have to go through. The first one we've talked a fair bit about today, which is product. Um, and in the course, we talk, we talk a lot more about that. We deep dive into things like that. Uh, the next one is the website. And again, in the course, we talk about that. We talk about marketing and how to get the traffic and how to build great customer experiences and all that sort of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, the masterclass, the e-commerce masterclass is for anybody who is looking to build their own e-commerce business that kind of wants that mentoring, that wants that experience from somebody that's maybe been around a little while um, and, you know, wants to sort of give themselves a bit of an edge over their competitors, a sort of a, a big leap forward. Uh, you'll, you'll really, really enjoy it. It's especially designed for people that are new to e-commerce um, or who've just started, you know, like um, uh, they're just starting out in e-commerce and their site's been up and running for six months. But the course, um, the, the masterclass we put out, we actually put it out because of lockdown uh, here in the UK. We saw a lot of businesses who were struggling to get online. 
like a you know the, there's a, a shop just down the road from me a small local shop and he had to close um, and I was like well why don't you go online and you know all the stuff that's on your shelf put it on an e-commerce website and tell everybody in the local neighborhood that you'll deliver their products for free if they order before four and you just you know go around on a bike and you deliver the products in like a one or two mile radius and um, he was like well we just don't know where to start we don't know how to do that and um, I was like right we're going to do a course for you so you know where to start you know where to begin uh, because there's so much to think about um, and so that's what the, the master class is all about. Wow. Okay. I saw. I saw it. Then I going through it. It's like amazing. So you guys should just check this out. I mean, like he has like 15, 20 years of experience. I think you can get a lot out of it. This course. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So because I know like there's a lot of fake guru out there talking about e-commerce, but mm -hmm. I mean they have result lah. But they didn't share the the things really deep dive in how they make it work. They just say, okay, here's the course. Um, just learn it at yourself and just do it so i yeah. really believe that yeah. you need to find the right person to help you yeah so thank you so yeah much. you do yeah. no no problem thanks for asking it's it's totally true everything in the course comes out of what we've learned over the last 20 years in our own businesses um and you're right i think it, and it doesn't matter what you want to learn about you know you want to learn about facebook marketing you could do a facebook marketing course but the person teaching it to you might not really know a whole great deal about facebook marketing um, or they may have done it for the last 10 months and they think they know everything, you know, it's that kind <laughs> of thing. So um, I think, yeah, experience helps and, and always go with people that you can trust and that you can, you can um, get the benefit of their experience from, definitely. Yes. Thank you, Max, for your time. Uh, so if you guys want to find out more, I'll paste the link of um, Max's uh, social media links and masterclass link that you can check out and have a look. So... Thank you, Max. No problem. Thanks, Abby. It's been great. Yeah. Hey, Fast Water. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. I hope you guys have been enjoying all the episodes uh, for the past one year. And it's my one year anniversary for Fast Forward Your Entrepreneur Journey. And as a thank you gift for supporting my um, podcast show for so long, uh, me and Jima, my friend, my best buddy, has just done a... A lesson on how you can build your online course or program in 14 days and we'll be giving the free the first lesson for free so if you really want to get the first lesson for free you can just email me or join my facebook group impact lifestyle entrepreneur i'll paste all the link in the description and so that you can get the, the lesson for free so continue to support my channel thank you so much i appreciate you guys so much and I hope you guys enjoy every episode that I have launched. And yes, I'll continue to bring you more, more like episodes so that you can fast forward on your entrepreneur journey. Thank you. <laughs>